This just in, John Krasinski has been named a Vikings captain. You <laughs> and 5,000 other Minnesotans are now Vikings captains. Everybody's a captain. Everybody gets a car. Everybody gets a prize. Uh, you know, it, it could be the sign of the apocalypse, or they just didn't know these guys very well, so they just picked a bunch. Yeah, I, I always am fascinated by um, how these things go with different teams. And, I mean, is every player voting? Like, are there, um, you know, are coaches just kind of putting their thumbs on the scales? I, I don't know that there's almost, there unless it's a rookie quarterback, almost every quarterback is always chosen. So um, it, I think when in doubt – just make everyone captains or, you know, get as close as you can. And it seems like the Vikings kind of went that route. And so um, they should be chock full of leadership going into Sunday against the Packers. It'll make all the difference. We know that for a fact. I think they should have made 52 of the players captains just so we could all just look down upon the one guy who wasn't a captain. <laughs> think about how, think about the sight of all 52 going to the midfield for the coin toss. <laughs> Wouldn't that be, isn't that team building? <laughs> that's isn't that team building right there. That's, camar- that's camaraderie. That's, you know, we're all in this together. And it would be incredibly intimidating for A-Raj and whoever is with him, uh, Bakhtiari or whoever with the Packers. I mean, they would cower. You'd be up 7 nothing before the game even started. And we understand that certain players are going to be captains. The starting quarterback's going to be a captain. Dalvin Cook's going to be a captain. Harrison Smith's going to be a captain. I think making Smith-Marset the captain after you cut him, I think that's going too far. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, it's a nice little parting gift. Let, let everyone know we appreciated uh, his, his contribution. So uh, well done on their part, I think. This is the Viking Update Show. He's John Krasinski. I'm Jim Suhan. Our producer is Brandon Morton. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. You can all find, find all the shows, including Jeff Diamond's show at TalkNorth.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod to see the shows as they are released. Thank you to StarBank, StarBank.net, Minnesota State Lottery, the Vikings scratch-off game is what we recommend, and the Grain Belt Camel Pack. All right, let's get into it. It is Vikings-Packers week. Uh, The NFL is back. The NFL is fascinating. It's a spectacle. And having the Packers come into U.S. Bank Stadium after another uh, dramatic offseason with Aaron Rodgers, without Devontae Adams, with a team that's been dominating the division against a team that I think is a complete mystery at this point, makes this fascinating. Do you agree with me that the Vikings are a mystery, or do you do you think you have a clue as to what's going to happen here? I, I wish I said I wish I could say that I do have a clue, Jim, but I, I really don't because obviously Kevin O'Connell played it very safe in the preseason and maximized health over getting any sort of reps uh, for the starters, for most of the starters in brand new schemes on both sides of the ball. And so um, it could be anything. They could come out and be and really struggle. And it might only be that they're rusty or or just not on the same page yet. It could be that the schemes don't work or that these guys are not the right fits for them. We don't know. They could come out flying and and be fresh legged and 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 sharp and ready to go. And so this is one of the most I say I would say confused or curious I have been about a Vikings team going into week one that I can remember in, in quite some time. I mean, with all of the Mike Zimmer teams and all of the continuity and things that carried over from year to year, there was always times there are they going to be are they going to win 10 or 11 games? Are they going to win eight or nine? I don't know. But you kind of had an idea of their identity. And I just don't think we got to see any of that 
in the preseason. Uh, yes, their backups were running the same systems and schemes that they are going to run in week one, but that looks hopefully from, from the Vikings standpoint, markedly different with cousins and cook and Thielen and Jefferson and everyone and, and, and Harrison Smith and, um, Zadarius Smith and, and, and Hunter and all those guys out there. So, uh, but shoot, I'm going to show up at, at us bank stadium on Sunday and I'm going to be leaning in hard and watching it because I really can't say one way or the other, what we're going to see, uh, in, in a critical first game of the season. Yeah. Some will make some silly predictions later. I don't take them real seriously, but they're fun to kick around for the moment. Uh, I look at a team in the Packers that has been dominating the division, winning 13 games a year, uh, Excellent head coach, excellent offensive system, one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, uh, a very good defense. Uh, team doesn't seem to be very intimidated by playing at U.S. Bank Stadium. Then I look at the Vikings and I think, okay, yeah, good players, potential. But, man, here are my question marks. Are you really going to win big when you have a new general manager, new head coach, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, new defensive system? And are you going to be able to keep enough of these guys healthy at their ages and given their injury histories? Thielen, Cook, Hunter, Zary Smith, Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson. I just don't. It. it I, I would not. I don't. I would not bet five dollars against the Vikings winning twelve games, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't bet five dollars on it either. Right. Exactly. And and I. It, it does feel like. This is sort of the the stickum year. The, the the let's see what these guys have left because we have heard all of the the Mark Wilf kind of statements about not wanting to rebuild. We've heard about the competitive rebuild or however it's you know been been termed by Quasi and everyone um, that they are trying to thread a needle here that is often very difficult to thread in the NFL, and that is to um be good but yet not like and not blow the team up and start all the way over but also be good enough that can to to merit continuing to invest in these veterans who are um you know getting older i mean even like eric hendricks is not an old player by any stretch of the imagination but he's had some struggles with injuries uh over the last year or two that make you wonder about him as well and so I think that a lot has to go right for this season to work out from a favorable standpoint for the Vikings. But it it feels like a lot of times when you get the new regime in, it's all right, let's do a hard reset. Let's get all of our people in. Maybe year one will be a little painful, but by year two, we're stepping into a whole new environment and everyone's going to be on the same page and we're going to have more of a, our quote unquote, our guys in and it'll be ready to take off. This this way, they are kind of going about it where they're avo- they want to avoid really tearing it down. And maybe they have enough talent to do that. But it is all going to be hanging on by a thread. If a, several of these guys have continuing injury problems that have lingered uh, for them in the last couple of seasons, they're going to be in a lot of trouble because the, I don't think that their depth is very good at many of their positions outside of running back and, and maybe receiver. Um, and so, man, um, it's, 
I think it's going to be a week to week thing to see how they get through it and see how they navigate it. If they can stay healthy, they do have the talent to be in the playoff conversation to be winning close to double digit games and, um, and, and going for it that way. But, but there are so many guys that have struggled with injuries over the past few years that have to find a way to buck that trend. And that's usually a dangerous thing to count on in the NFL. No doubt about it. Uh, I want to talk about the quarterback next. Uh, Kirk Cousins is, is durable. He's been accurate. It is interesting. Uh, last year, he had probably one of his best seasons in terms of touchdown to interception ratio, which I do think is a, a really important stat. But he also had his lowest quarterback rating, his lowest completion percentage in a while. Um, I'm not, you know, at this point, can you see Kirk Cousins becoming markedly better or is he who he is for better or worse? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to imagine. I mean, how many quarterbacks, I guess, have sort of late career renaissances? But he, this has always been the difficulty with the Kirk Cousins conversation, Jim, because if you look at the, strictly the numbers, the it, it wouldn't be a renaissance for him to throw for – 4,500 yards and 33 touchdowns and 10 interceptions and, and, and just, and, and pile up, you know, an impressive completion percentage and all of those things that he's done that before. And he's done that fairly regularly over the last five to six years. But it's to me, the, the, the key for it is, does he find a way to get the team to believe in him and follow him into the fire. And you just have never had the sense that this is a team that is willing to do that. Um, and, and so it feels like there has to be much more with the leadership ment uh, mentality intangibles, um, you know, unmeasurables, if that's a word, than just straight performance on the field. And maybe if you want to be an optimist uh, going into this season, maybe you say he is more comfortable in this offense. He feels better with his head coach. He feels supported and, and believed in. And he has Adam Thielen back healthy. He hopefully will have Irv Smith back pretty healthy. Uh, Cook is back healthy. And the line should be better. So maybe all of that will contribute to this to to him kind of finding a voice as a leader of this team that he has not found yet but that's a lot harder to i think learn and pin down and and blossom rather than you know um staying healthy and work and 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 being uh in, in great physical shape and keeping your arms strong and and your knees underneath you and all of those things as you get older uh, that's a big challenge as well in this league. But I think what we need to see from Kirk Cousins, if the Vikings are going to go win the division, get into the playoffs and, and do some damage, is for him to grab control and command of this offense um, in a way that quite that hasn't quite been there. And, you know, I was listening to Trent Dilfer and Ryan Rosillo, uh just earlier today and and – Dilfer's big point on evaluating quarterbacks is do they have command 
of the group. And it's a it's kind of a, a finicky word, but um, he can make all the throws. He can do all make all the reads. He can do all those things. Does he have command? Do the guys follow him as a big kind of barometer on whether he can be an elite quarterback or not? And um, that's what Cousins has to find this year. And maybe this new maybe this new offense, maybe everything will just fall into place and fit better to allow him to feel more comfortable having that command. Or maybe he is just what he is. Um, but I think this is the year to find out. Now he has weapons around him. Uh, the offensive line is a little bit better. And the the offense and the coaching staff is much more hospitable to a player of his caliber. And so if it does not happen this year, I just there's there's no magic bullet. There's no there's nothing that's going to there's no light bulb coming on. This is this is the year to to prove it or show it or uh, maybe it's time to move on. And quarterback record is a very flawed stat, but. Uh, considering that he played with some really good offensive coaches in, in Washington and considering that he was brought here to join a 13-win team, it is fascinating. He's only won 10 games as a starting quarterback once, mm-hmm. 2019. He's only won nine games as a starting quarterback twice, 2019 and 2015. Uh, it, you know, So, boy, it feels like he's found his level. It's really it, – it's a – it's a great test and perhaps an unfair test to ask a brand new coaching staff to get more out of him. Yeah, it is. And and I think like with all of the complications uh, in, in terms of like trying to assess where Kirk Cousins is and what he's accomplished and what he's capable of doing, really the bottom line, and maybe this is also an unfair test, but I think it's a telling one, is if this team takes the field down four, at their own 15 yard line with two and a half minutes to go, how do you feel about it? And um, I think that the majority of Vikings followers, and maybe there's people on the team and in, in the organization as well. If Kirk cousins trots out to that, that huddle, it's, it's at minimum, it's, oh man, I don't know how this is going to go. Let's see. Or it's, oh, we have no chance. And, what you want in Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and all of the elite quarterbacks, when they trot onto that field, it's, Oh, we got this. Like the defense is in trouble. And, and so that's just not the feeling you have ever really had with Kirk cousins, despite all of the numbers and despite some of the real accomplishments that he has had. And maybe that is unfair. Maybe that's small sample size. Maybe that's nitpicking or, or, or cherry picking um, some stats and, and, and things like that. But I just think that that is overall the impression that most people have laid in a game in that situation. And it is up to Kirk now to show that he is capable of delivering in the big moments of taking a chance here or there of making throws that are not perfectly designed of watching a play break down and still having success. And that's what everyone needs to see from him. And can the coaches coach that into him? Can they make him, you know, change his personality as a quarterback? Um, that's going to be hard to do. Maybe they can just surround him with enough talent and put him in a system that is advantageous to him, that he can flourish that way. But, changing a, a quarterback stripes at this stage of his career seems to be asking a lot. 
Let's ask the Cooper Cup question next. But first, I want to ask you or let you know that big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about Star Bank. Star Bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at Star Bank and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be. A throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services. You got it. Check out Star Bank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares. StarBank.net member FDIC and equal housing lender. And also want to let you know about the Minnesota State Lottery, the Vikings scratch-off game version. It's the time of year to go big, to grab your passion by the horns, to let your purple flag fly. The Minnesota Lottery's Vikings big ticket scratch game is here to help you do just that. With $10.2 million in total cash prizes, you'd think that's as big as it gets. But the ticket is so large, it has huge second-chance prizes, too. So say I'm in. Minnesota Lottery. Must be 18 or older to go big. Thanks also to our sponsor, Grain Belt. Check out the Grain Belt Camo Pack. A toast to the hunters from your friends at Grain Belt. May the mornings be clear and the fresh air be crisp. May you find solace in the silence. May the stillness settle your soul. May your long shot stay true. May your heart roam free. May you find what you seek in the fields you stock. May your call to the wild be answered. And at the end of the day, may you share the thrill of the hunt with your friends. So here's to the eight-pointers and the 12-ouncers. Here's to you and to your thirst for adventure. Bring Grain Belt to the outdoors with our limited-edition premium hunting season pack. This season, enter to win a hunting trip for two to Brown's Hunting Lodge, wherever you can find premium 12- and 24-pack cans. For more information, visit our website at grainbelt.com forward slash hunting dash trip. So to me, one of the most interesting questions, maybe not the most important, but one of the most interesting questions about this team is, where do all the Cooper Cup catches go? Mm-hmm. Uh, because Justin Jefferson is a great player, probably more talented than Cup, and can run more routes. Uh, Thielen is a natural to run the slot and underneath type routes. KJ Osborne is an emerging, uh, you know, maybe borderline star, and they're going to throw their their running back a lot. So where do, does just Justin Jefferson or Thielen receive a lot of the Cooper Cup catches? It's hard to say that. Yes, or is it just uh, or? Does that not really apply to this offense and this offensive group? Well, yeah, it's, I mean, I think that Jefferson at this stage of his career with his talent level, with all of that would obviously would be the obvious candidate that, okay, he's going to take all of those targets. You're going to try and really maximize what you have from him and, and, and do it that way. But I do think, you know, as, as kind of crazy as it sounds with the Rams winning the Super Bowl last year, uh, I think that the Vikings have more balance in terms of their weapons for Kirk Cousins than Matt Stafford had because, uh, you know, there were some good receivers at Odell Beckham. Uh, I think Robert Woods got injured um, uh, early on in the season. He did. Yep. And yeah, and then, you know, their, their running backs were kind of like a, you know, a running back com- by committee sort of approach until Akers came back. Um, but you look at uh, it was clear that Cooper Cup really developed a great chemistry with Matt Stafford and really just became the go-to guy. I think what could make this Vikings offense dangerous is if it is harder for the defenses to hone in on one guy. Um, you know, if 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 Cousins can spread it around to Thielen, to Irv Smith, to Cook, to any number of targets to KJ Osborne, um, 
and you know what we'll see what they they do with Jalen Rager and 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 all of that. But uh, in addition to Justin Jefferson, I think that would make them more difficult to deal with, even if Jefferson is a more physically talented player than Cooper Cup, which I believe that he is. He is. Um, and 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 doesn't get but doesn't get the same amount or or volume of of targets. He can still draw defensive attention away from everyone else and open things up. So it should be a target rich environment for Kirk Cousins to be able to spread it around. Um, but still knowing that your money maker is Justin Jefferson and he's had a phenomenal preseason camp um, and looks great and ready to roll. Uh, but I think the 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 best way for the Vikings to be effective is to going to be for for Cousins to spread that around a little bit. Yeah, and my conversations out there, and some of them were with Andrew Kramer, our excellent football analyst at the Star Tribune, who, who did a really good piece on Justin Jefferson recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he he said he really thinks that. I've asked I asked a bunch of people, and I think Andrew gave me the best answer, which is Jefferson is going to be targeted a lot, but he's not just going to get the easy two yard off the line of scrimmage catch as the cup's going to get because they have other people who can do that. And Jefferson is their best deep threat. Uh, and he's the guy who scares defenses the most. So if you send Jefferson downfield, you're forcing defenses to either double or triple cover him or, or give up a big play. So I don't think the number of catches is going to translate from cup Jefferson. I think Jefferson could end up with a lot of yards. I also think that, uh, one other thing's going to happen we're going to see frequently is splitting Jefferson wide to one side and putting the other two starting receivers on the other side and making defenses choose. Okay, you know, can we afford to double Jefferson? Can we afford to keep a safety over the top when there's only one receiver on that side? You know, I think if this offensive staff does its job well, and my sense is they're pretty smart people, they're going to use Jefferson to really torture defensive uh, coordinators. Yeah, and I and I think that, also, this offense, while they do want to be dynamic and explosive and go down the field when they have their chances and have big plays, I think that there is a potential for this to be a team that really uses the underneath stuff a lot. And I think that there's been some clear frustrations in the past with Kirk Cousins. I mean, how many times did we watch him throw it for, you know, third and four when it's third and nine and he throws for four yards, you know, and, and below the sticks and they, and it's a dump off and it's a, you know, you boo him and, um, and they don't move the chains. But I think that this system is going to be different in that maybe the yards traveled in the air by Kirk Cousins passes aren't always, you know, 25 yards down the field, but that, he is still they're going to use the pass a lot more to get just be gradually moving down the field and and to moving the chains methodically and it's going to be a seven yard pass here it's going to be a nine yard pass here a four yard pass here 12 yards here 13 here and they'll take the 41 yarders and the 60 yarders when they can but i do think that a lot of the mcbay offense and what we saw cooper cup do a lot was catch the ball shallow, and then run after the catch. And Jefferson can absolutely do that. Thielen can do that. Cook can do that. We think Irv Smith can do that. We'll see about that. But I I do think that Vikings fans could watch this offense go and and you say, well, where's the Randy Moss bombs? Like, where's, where's those? And maybe there's not as many of those immediately, but it, 
that's what Kirk Cousins likes. He likes to take what the defense gives him, and they could be working that underneath a lot and just like staying more committed to the pass. Whereas, you know, in the past it was run on first down, run on second down, and then throw or you're throwing on first down, well, then you're running on second down again, and then you're going nowhere, and you're behind the chains again. I think that there will there will just be a lot more passing, and it might be shorter passing to kind of move and, and keep the defense on their heels. Good stuff. Uh, let's look at the defense now. Uh, it's almost been said so often, including by Jeff Diamond myself, that if Smith and Hunter are healthy and good, that this defense could be great. And if the, if they aren't, this defense could really be exposed. That might be overstating it on both ends, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I've said it all uh, offseason, Jim, when we've talked, is like I do think that that is the key. If those two can get back to wrecking def- offensive game plans, to putting heat on the quarterback – to shortening his time to make decisions and uh, let routes develop down the field against a secondary that is uh, mediocre, probably uh, would be would be the best term for it right now. Um, that's going to be their key to to getting back to some semblance of competency on the defensive end. Uh, we we have not seen that certainly not last year. They were just awful and part of it was injuries but they got they have to get those big guys getting heat on the quarterback to shorten the amount of time that he has to go down the field and pick apart a secondary that is unproven I do like what I have seen from Cam Dantzler in the preseason I like that I think Patrick Peterson looks ready to go uh, we'll see about Harrison Smith. You know, I, 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 I have no reason to doubt that he'll be ready. Bynum and Seen, um, we'll, we'll see how that goes, and we'll see you know how the rest of their defensive backfield goes. But uh, but I'm I just it, it sounds reductive, but I'm gonna be watching those two guys a lot, and how do they play off of each other? And we hear all these stories in pre in in training camp about how difficult they make life on the on the offense when they're going against it. Well, now it's time for them to make life difficult on Aaron Rodgers. And I'm sure Zadarius Smith is going to be absolutely amped up and ready to roll and go after and, and have something to prove there. But they've, they're have they going to need that all season long. And you can do it. We want to see it in week one and week two and week three. But the key is that they're still healthy and, and performing at a high level in week 14, 15, and 16. And we'll see if they can kind of battle through and 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 hang through the the grind of the NFL season because if they do I think that changes a ton for this defense and and really makes it possible for them to be impactful in a good way if not uh boy it's going to be some long days at the office uh uh you know at US Bank Stadium okay it's time for us to be wrong, John. Uh, give yes. me your pick. Give me your pick for Sunday, and give me your pick for the Vikings season record. So um, this may contradict, but I right now I'm going to say they are nine and eight, and a nine and eight team. Um, there are a lot of people nationally, Jim, that are very high on the Vikings. Um, that really think that they can make some noise. Uh, that they can even leapfrog the Packers and and take the division and and be a team that that can win in the playoffs 
I just have not seen enough. Like, I just don't feel confident saying that all of the people that they need to stay healthy are going to stay healthy, uh, that this system that Kevin O'Connell is, is installing from an offensive standpoint is going to hit the ground running. And so I think that I think they're a nine and eight team. Um, but I will say, I think that they can win, uh, in week one. I think that, uh, in the don't or in the, in the U S bank stadium, the defense will play better. Everyone is fresh and healthy in week one. And so that may be different than in week nine, 10, 11, but right away, everyone's going to be ready to go. I think they're going to be fired up. And I think that they can win a close game against green Bay 23 to 20, something like that. Um, and it, maybe they can get over a little bit of sluggishness in the offense and and do just enough to win. Uh, we we agree and we disagree. I also I'm picking the Vikings to go nine and eight. It's not some kind of genius prediction. I just don't really know much about this team and how it's going to play. I think they have a fairly easy schedule. I think they have a lot of concerns. I, I do worry about injuries. So I'm going to go nine and eight. Uh, I, as far as this week, I'm going to take the Packers. I just think their offense uh, is four or five years matured now. Vikings are going to be trying a lot of new stuff. I'm going to say Packers 27-22, but I'm looking forward to it, man. It, 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 is, it is a mystery. We have no idea what's going to happen, and Packers-Vikings is the signature rivalry in Minnesota sports, and I know something weird is going to happen on Sunday while we're there, John. A hundred percent, and like you know, there's two things that the Packers always do um that are remarkable to me um one is that they'll find receivers to to work with Aaron Rodgers and that's Aaron Rodgers greatness like he will figure that part of it out the second part is they always have seven offensive linemen that are injured and they always find a way to do just great work up front and now we hear that Bakhtiari is going to play after yep you know, after being banged up all, all preseason and he's going to be ready to go magically, they just find ways. And so when they play on Sunday that you know, Smith and Hunter are going to be going up against an offensive line that knows what the heck they're doing. Secondly, which I don't think has been talked about enough and which I'm probably, you know, talking myself out of picking the Vikings is that they're they're the Packer defense is really, really good and they'll be ready to go. And, and the Vikings offense may be, be really good this year eventually, but I could see them being sluggish at the start and maybe really having a tough time with the pressure, with the coverage, with all of that stuff. And so you're, I'm, you're probably right, Jim. And so I'm going to, I probably start out on one on the season, but I'm just going to roll the dice and, and take the purple. And let's also remember how weird week ones are. Yep. Last year, the, the Packers got destroyed by the Saints, and it meant nothing for either team. But I mean, hey, just, whatever happens, if the Vikings win, I'm you know I'm saying Super Bowl homeboy. And if they lose, uh, here we come for the whatever quarterback is going to be number one next year. That's that's the way that I roll on these things. You betcha. 